The Expats is brought to you by Canadian expats seeking out adventure all over the world. If you're an expat from a country we haven't yet featured on the show, send us an email at info at expatspodcast.ca. We'd love to interview you and share your story with the internet masses. We'll even mail you a limited edition expats postcard with a special message signed by yours truly to thank you for your time. Hey, you can also get one of those postcards, you know, just for laughs, even if you aren't a guest of the show. Send us your mailing address and you'll get something delightful to stick to your fridge. Just email info at expatspodcast.ca. It's our way of saying thanks for listening. So thanks for listening. And now, on with the show. My whole life, I grew up speaking French. After all, my mom was born in France. She speaks fondly of her home country, but mom's a tried and true Canadian. Now enjoying her retirement, she and her family moved to Canada when she was about six years old. And though I've never visited France, Mum's been back many times. Paris is great, she says, but nothing beats rural France, where the people are more distant, but more distinctly French. Today we're going to a place that's probably more well-known for its lavender than anything else. Join me this episode as we learn about life in rural France through an Anglophone Montrealer's eyes on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The intro for this episode of the Expats sounds like a bit of a setup. A Montreal-based Anglophone falls in love with a Francophile Englishman while they're both living in Italy. They relocate to rural France, because why not? The Englishman is a better French speaker than the Montreal-based Anglophone. This is their story. I went to study when I was 19 in Florence as an art student. And when I was there, I kind of fell in love with uh, terracotta rooftops and all things European, including all food. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was there that I I met uh, my boyfriend. I was in southern France during that year for a month at a a wine school. And I arrived too early at a and b and I met him. He was the only other person there, and I had no food, and he had wine and chocolate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I latched onto him, and we dated five years long distance. And as he's British, um, one of us had to cross the pond, and I willingly did so. Wow, <laughs> was that was that a tough decision to to decide to leave Canada for love? Not that tough, no, because I do love the way of life here, and. Um, the markets and I don't know I've always identified a little bit more probably with the European way of thinking rather than but you're always kind of straddling two cultures is quite difficult yeah so what are what are some of those challenges like I mean because I always assumed that that people who've lived in Montreal are significantly more European than the rest of Canada that's true so you're already kind of you're already kind of halfway there <laughs> you're already kind of well, it's being an Anglophone from Montreal is quite tricky because you're, again, you're never, you're already kind of an expat in a way because you, you don't 
not nest you can't be you can't say that I'm Quebecois because that is more uh, more indicative of the French the French Canadian yeah. rather than the Anglophone Canadian so <laughs> it's it's quite tricky um, but yes we are more European and it just happens that my best girlfriends from high school are all have all either moved to Europe or traveled extensively in Europe so we've just <laughs> we've all shared that love of Europe I suppose yeah now so that's kind of interesting because I, I you're right the anglophone in in Quebec is kind of like an expat so do you yes. f- do you feel like you were more well prepared than maybe other expats that you either know or think you know um, <laughs> to to sort um, of do the European thing <laughs> Yeah, I don't actually. I don't think so because yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question. Yes and no. Yes, it. What I was more prepared because I was already used to being, kind of not necessarily uh, have a very strong identity with uh, where I was from. Um, yeah. What? Well, maybe let's talk about what some of the the challenges have been. But before, actually, you know what? Before we get to that. Tell me about how you wound up in Provence. Like, what what is it that made you and your boyfriend choose to settle down uh, to settle down there? Well, I am a complete lover of Italy because I spent time there, and Robin is a complete lover of France. And in the end, I think he won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the south of France is slightly close to Italy, so it's not too far away. So if I ever needed to drive three hours for a pizza, I could, <laughs> which is <laughs> fantastic. And um, I, I had an English passport, so that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really want to live in England because I really couldn't handle the uh, the rain. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I used to go to England for the summers when we were living apart and I used to bring you know short shorts and dresses you know Montreal girl showing up in uh, London thinking that uh, I'd have a summer but in the end I had to go out and buy lots of sweaters (laughs) 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 but uh, and then south of France yeah just basically the weather and uh, tourism would help us being able to find jobs because since we can speak English we can Mm -hmm. help people with that so that was definitely a big part of why we chose Provence. Have you have you had an opportunity to brush up on your French while you've been there? Uh, it's constant. It's a constant uh, brushing up of French, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't speak French as well as many Montrealers. I was probably the last generation that didn't go through school necessarily everything bilingual. Yeah. I went to English school, I had English friends, I lived in an English neighborhood, so I didn't... And when it's forced down your throat, you know, you don't really... Um, doesn't you don't really take to it as a as a kid so um i didn't speak as well as i'd like to have spoken so it's been a constant struggle for sure since i've been here and what about uh, what about your boyfriend robin is he has he fully embraced the the french language or is he sticking to his english roots <laughs> no well he's the, the complete francophile so he um loves anything that is french including women food music you name it he's got complete rose tinted glasses when it when he looks at this culture so he has a real passion for learning french so for him in a way it's embarrassed it's really embarrassing because his french is probably better than mine <laughs> even though he's english and he has only been studying it in during his adult life rather than me 
studying it since the age of six. <laughs> wow. So, so what is the perception in in Provence of of Canadians? Are you well regarded? Are you ignored? Oh, we get a fantastic. I get a fantastic response every time I tell anyone I'm Canadian. You know, if you tell people you're British or American, that's one thing. But uh, Canadian, everyone loves the Canadians here. Absolutely adore them. Everyone, all the young people are actually moving to Montreal and Canada. So they're all very confused as to why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the opposite. But no, fantastic, fantastic uh, response. And what do you what do you suppose that's about? What is it about Canada? Like, have there been forerunners from our country who've come to France and sort of shown them that Canadians are pretty all right? I think so, yes. I think we do definitely have that strong uh, that strong idea of Canadians as being kind and um, very easy to get along with, which not all people from the south of France in particular are. They're a bit more closed. Mm-hmm. I think it's good because maybe there is such a large influx of people that come in every summer. I think any kind of tourist area, you know, even when I lived in Florence, they can be quite closed, you know, if you're not around all year. <laughs> but um, also they love the landscape. They love um, they love the wildlife of Canada. Just, I think they just love it because it's so different. Just the grand spaces, which we're so used to, to them they get off the plane and they're just absolutely flabbergasted and never see anything like it. So. That's really cool. Um, do you think that... Uh, that- the people in, in the south of France are irritated that you have decided n- or that you're not learning the language quite as much as Robin is? Uh, no, I mean, I get by for sure. But I think it does confuse them that I'm from Montreal. Some people, <laughs> you know, people who haven't been to Montreal don't realize that there are actually Anglophones from Montreal. Yeah. But no, I get by. I get a lot. I, I smile a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> I work uh, I work at the market, you know, so I'm working in French all day. So I'm all right. Yeah. Was yeah. it was it easy for you to find work when you when you moved there for both of you actually? No, not at all. We when we first moved here, we actually did some house sitting because it would be the easiest thing for us to do to kind of get get our feet moving to another country. And living together was just so nice because we've been apart for five years. Um, but uh, yes, then the language, of course, and then the paperwork in France is uh, well known. It's quite tricky. I have a British passport, and because and it took me two years to get my social security number. What? Which, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's, exactly. Isn't that just something you apply for, and they just send you a number? Like, how hard could it be? Well, it's quite tricky because you have to have um, a contract, a French contract. And the way that the system works here is, if you don't have a contract, you basically you're you can't stand on your feet you can't get a bank account you can't get uh, um insurance insurance anything really you can't do anything like so and when you say contract you mean like something like a working contract so as i was house sitting it doesn't really they don't give you a contract and then my um i had some bad experience with employers because i'm foreign they take advantage of that yeah and they, they don't give you contracts because they know that they don't have to because you're not already on the system. Wow. So, yes, it's actually quite tricky. The best thing to do is to find a job before you get here <laughs> rather than <laughs> à l'envers. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. So, um, so it was difficult to find a job, but when now that you have, I assume things are 
more comfortable. More comfortable, but I'm also kind of we're also in flux because we're both in the in the starting blocks of starting our own businesses. I'm starting my business as a photographer. Robin's going to be starting his business next month, and the past six months, we, all he's been doing is renovating our house. So <laughs> um, we're still kind of not quite settled yet but things are starting to come together well, that's that's good what are some of the big differences that you've noticed between uh your life in canada and your life in france well when i was in canada i was in school so it was quite different you know i don't know a, a Just, di- you led a different lifestyle when you were in canada exactly i led a very different lifestyle since i've moved here i've been poor <laughs> i've been <laughs> trying to get by uh, not having your friends is so difficult but then at the same time, there's this way of life, which I think I always embraced in Canada anyway. You know, I I could have a glass of wine with lunch, no problem. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's actually an interesting comment, you know, um, the, the sort of lifestyle aspects of because you, you always hear about the differences between Canada and Europe or North America and Europe is that North Americans work way too much. And, oh, yeah. and Europeans have figured out how to sort of enjoy life. What is that like? It is, uh, is honestly night and day. It is so different. Um, you know, when you tell a French person that we only have the right of 10 days vacation, they just they just can't get their head around that. <laughs> what, what's typical in France? Uh, five weeks paid vacation. Really? Even at like a starting point for people? No, you generally have to work for a year first. <laughs> a year, wow. Yeah, and then you get your five weeks. But even then, you still get your public holidays, paid public holidays. So, yeah, that's quite lovely. But it's not even just the vacation. It's just the way that people think about work. And yes, it is kind of a problem in France also, because you need to find that balance. I mean, there's some things that to me are just a little bit too laid back. But, um, you know, whenever I meet an American here, they're always like, oh, what are you going to do to make money? <laughs> like, that's the first thing they ask me, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> it's uh, not the be-all and end-all and I get French people telling me all day long you know I work with people at the market who they don't have a lot but they really enjoy life and they they don't kill themselves to to make an extra buck it's just not important to them yeah and also the way that they spend money is very different you know they People don't necessarily have fancy cars or fancy houses, but they eat incredibly well. You know, someone who isn't who uh, you know is on welfare and who you know doesn't have much money will be eating foie gras at Christmas. Why not? <laughs> just because they they just really put a lot of uh, importance on being with family and eating well. Yeah. So, uh, have you learned to eat well and drink well too? Well, you know, I think I always have. <laughs> I'm a bit of a, in French, they call me a gourmande, <laughs> which is a, a, probably a really nice way of saying a glutton. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, ever since I moved to Italy, where I ate two past, two bowls of pasta every day and uh, a lot of gelato, um, <laughs> I've always loved my food, that's for sure. And, and you know, that's that seems to be a common theme, certainly, of, of the expats I've spoken to living in Europe. But, oh, but really? You think it's a, it's a prerequisite, isn't it? Yeah, I think you, you have to be passionate about, about food and, and wine and stuff. But the, the other thing that I notice about, um, you know, Europeans is that they eat well, but they're not enormous. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, I, I don't, there isn't even any chocolate bars in the grocery stores here. Really? Yeah. They have probably like a couple things like Ferrero Rocher, but all the chocolate is cho- like actual chocolate bars, like lint chocolate. They don't have candy bars per se. Right, right. No Mars bars or Twix or anything like that. There's, you know, probably two types of chips that you can get. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, there's soft drinks. People, you know, kids never drink soft drinks here. They, they drink um, syrups, which is a tiny bit of a, of a flavored syrup and then lots of water added to it. Hmm. So it's just, I love that about um, Europe. It's just there's a lot more regulation on preservatives and uh, E-numbered colors and all that. Yeah. And when you have it, I had to learn how to, I used my specialty in Montreal used to be roast chicken. I used to make an amazing roast chicken. When I came here, the chicken is different. I had, <laughs> <laughs> I had to cook it differently because all the most of the chickens that sell here are laying hens. Okay. So it means that they have a lot more meat under the body, so a lot more muscles, so they have to be cooked differently. It's quite funny. Whoa, I would never have thought that. Yeah, I neither I learned the hard way several times. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you miss about uh, about Canada? I miss gosh, I miss uh, lake, lake culture, you know, going to the the cottage. Yeah. Type thing cuz a lot of people in Montreal and Toronto have have a cottage up north. I miss being able to go to the store on a Sunday. I mean, that is really nice. <laughs> is everything everything's closed on Sundays? Uh, generally in the afternoons, and that's when you realize that you've forgotten something. <laughs> <laughs> it's always on a Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. It's always on a Sunday that you're craving, you know, some sweet or a bottle of wine or whatever. I miss I miss the be- people being more open. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot easier to make friends in Canada. Is that just because I, I don't? I always expect that the the way that French have, the French people have been described to me is that they're almost like suspicious, but not like <laughs> not exactly. But they're just like I don't know what you're about, and so I'm going to keep you at arm's length for a considerable amount of time. Yes, well, um, they they take it. They don't take it quite well if you ask too many personal questions. Oh, when you first meet someone. Okay, you know, it's considered quite rude especially you don't ask people what they do for a living which is the first thing that we generally ask okay so so you've had to master a new way of doing small talk yes it's it's, it's tricky and i definitely haven't mastered it yet i i don't have many french friends still but it's so i'm still working on it but um yeah if you meet someone in canada and you get along really well with them you could be like hey let's meet let's meet for a coffee yeah You know what I mean? And French people are really nice here um, when you first meet them, but the, getting to that next step of getting someone to invite you over to their house is another thing. So, so what is that? What is the path? What does the path to doing that look like? <laughs> oh Because I'm trying to think. You, you like. tell me. <laughs> uh, well, I I work. It's difficult because you get the paysans, which are the real Provencal people mm-hmm. who have lived here all their lives and they have generations here and such as my neighbors, you know, they're real country folk and, um, you know, I get the opposite there because the adorable old lady who lives next door gets mad at me if I don't have coffee with her at least four times a week. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And in this speaking else about cultural differences she expects me to walk into her house 
like not yeah. not knock just, on the door yeah not knock on the door like not call beforehand like just walk into the house and just sit down for a coffee I'm like my goodness i find that so difficult so so wait you would like is she expecting that she you would walk into her house mm-hmm. like you would obviously declare that you're there right you wouldn't just sit yeah. down and wait for her to find you Yes. Because <laughs> that yeah. would be insane. Of course, of course. <laughs> and and she just loves, like, you're, you're being she neighborly. Considers, she thinks that you're not a neighbor if you don't see each other every day. See, and that is so much different from what we're used to here. so different. I, mean, I had neighbors, you know, growing up. My parents never really spoke to them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, you know, rude if you don't... Uh, if you don't see someone every day. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, why, why Provence in particular? Why the place you're living right now? Well, if you look up Les Alpes, where I live, you'll know. Because <laughs> okay. it's just absolutely stunning. I live in the, um, the olive, the biggest olive producing region of France. It is olive trees as far as the eye can see. Um, craggy mountains with limestone rocks, um, vineyards. I go, when I do my shopping, I go to the winemaker for my wine. And there's about eight vineyards in this right around me. Mm-hmm. I go mm-hmm. to the farmer for my vegetables and, and meat. <laughs> and I, you know, I get everything directly from the producers. That's amazing. So, I just love that as a foodie, you know, that really just, that really does it for me. No kidding. <laughs> and so for, for other people out there who may be considering, uh, you know, doing the expat thing, what would your piece of advice be to them? My advice would definitely be, um, don't try and be a purist as I was and think that you're going to do your best to assimilate and make French friends and want to be only making French friends. Hmm. Actually, the best thing is to reach out to other expats in the area, and there's lots of websites to do so. And that way, not only will you have kind of (laughs) someone to complain to who knows what you're going through, but you'll also have connections to locals through other expats. Yeah, that's really great advice. Yeah. Cool. And of course, get a job first. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you want to be a waitress. You heard it right here from a Canadian expat. Get a job, you slacker. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself, and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you haven't already, please give The Expats a rating and review on both the iTunes Music Store and Stitcher Radio. And hey, we're even available now on Google Play, so check us out there. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.